You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Coaching Inn. And in fact, this is the beginning of a new series for the new year. So a very happy new year to you. I'm Claire Pedrick, and this week I'm in conversation with my colleague Sue Blanche. Hello, I'm Sue Blanche, and yes, I'm here in conversation with Claire. What a joy. And um, we're not sure who's hosting, by no, the way. No, so together so, yeah. we'll, just, we'll just do it. But we thought it would be interesting. We had a conversation um, about, you know, what is coaching from a really sort of basic standpoint why would anyone really want coaching and and we thought that maybe we could have this conversation this thinking out loud and that you might be interested in listening into it so that's what's happening um we'd love to know what you what you think about it so please do tell us your thoughts and what else you would add to our conversation about what is coaching so I guess to kick us off, Claire, um, I notice sometimes that when the subject of coaching comes up, some people are really uncertain about what that means and they can get themselves in knots about mm. what that means. Um, and I sometimes have the sense that that they've got a very, very different idea of what coaching is from what you and I and our listeners think that coaching is. Um, so, yes, just to think it out loud. And I wonder, Claire, as we're thinking it out loud, we kind of imagine perhaps that we've got someone with us in our in our rooms <laughs> um, who doesn't know what coaching is who might mm. have maybe even experienced something that was called coaching but actually doesn't really do the thing that we're doing um yes and let's see if we can help describe it so that that imaginary person is clearer by the time we finish our conversation i can see a version of her <laughs> Can you? In my mind's eye, yeah, yeah. And she went, everything you're talking about is abusive. Right. Because you're talking about pretending that you're letting somebody have autonomy in their thinking stuff when actually you're going to tell them what to do. Yeah. Because actually they've only come or they've only been sent because there's a performance deficit and the coaching needs to fill the gap. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's a painful place, isn't it? Mm. It was really good, actually, that she fessed up early in the day on that one because um, we were doing a training thing. And by the end of the day, she didn't think that was what coaching was at all. Mm. Um, but in her organisation, that's what people were experiencing. Yeah. You have a deficit and coaching will fill the gap. Yeah. And it sounds like your person. Um didn't get much of a say in that no no and it's you do it this way mm. 
So really done to. Which is kind of what we do when you're teaching me how to use Google Suite properly. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just check out that that isn't abusive, Claire. (laughs) It's not abusive, but you know what I mean? When you go, actually, what you need to do is this. Mm -hmm. Because I have a massive information gap. Well, I'm, it's not that have, massive. Actually. It's not that massive now, but that's because I've been well taught. But that is a version of teaching, isn't it? It's mm. it's saying there is an information gap. Did you know that? Yeah. Have you tried? Would you like to try? I suggest you try. Actually, you really need to try. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And also in that circumstance you know what's going on. There isn't any anything hidden or um, or controlling about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very clear, isn't it? So so with your person, and and there are many more people like that. I'm sure that you know people listening will have in mind as well someone that they may have worked with and who's experienced this. Um, that an organization uses coaching um almost using the words as a softer version of remedial work. Um, and so therefore what they get in that is something which is very different from, from coaching. And um, they might walk away from that feeling really put down. And what they will have experienced is someone just telling them what to do under the precept of, of this is coaching. And a really strong, overwhelming feeling I'm getting that somebody thinks I'm bad. Yeah, right. And that I'm deficient, that I've got something I can't do. Yeah. And actually, I think we have to be honest that some of the people who are recommended to have coaching through us or through our listeners have come with a version of that. Mm. And it's terrifying. And also, Claire, some of the people that they may have gone to might also believe that that's what coaching is. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so if an org- if organisations are using um, people that say they're coaching who actually that isn't what they're doing, um, it's unsurprising, isn't it, that your person and other people. Um, will have had this experience and then and then will come out of that with a really negative perception of what coaching is one of the things that I often say to coaches is we need to recognize that this is like lots of other conversations and it's different from Mm. and I wonder what we Mm. see when we sit in the seat of the person who's arrived or is looking at the conversation yeah Because I always, we, you know, in in training context for coaches, you look at that through the lens of the coach, Mm, mm. but actually through the lens of the person. Yeah. So one of the things that I notice is, you know, we call the person we're working with the thinker, but I might be in an organization where actually thinking has never been something in my gift. And when I have done thinking, I have not been encouraged to do Mm. that. Or it may be that just over time, it's not been something that has been expected of me. Yeah. And then they arrive with somebody like us and we say, what would you like to think about? And they go, what? Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. So there's something about how do you make the whole kind of climate a space so that people understand what they're buying into and that you can explain it in a way that is clear yeah, and easy to understand um, and that they'll see it as a real benefit. Yeah, yeah. Because actually... Because I think it feels quite unlike some of those other conversations that they might have been having, whatever they are, whether that's a mentoring conversation or with a manager or with a therapist or, you know, whatever other conversations there are. Of course, the only the only anchor points they have is other sorts of conversations. And so what we would describe a coaching conversation as just feels completely out of, you know, completely out of my experience that I might come into this conversation and be truly heard and that it is my conversation where I can choose where I'm going to move to, how this is going to work, what what an outcome looks like. I get to choose that. Surely you've got KPIs for me, right? Um, that's, I, I think sometimes, Claire, I've seen a kind of, when when we ask those contracting questions, there's a bit of fear in people because because suddenly everything is up for grabs rather than, something which has been predetermined and um, looks a certain way that I've experienced many times before. And as you said, predetermined, you know, KPIs and predetermined for me by the other, Mm. there's also, and it has to have been predetermined by me and I need to have done so much prep that I've got this conversation stitched up before I have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and certainly that sense of, I ha- oh, I'm really sorry, I haven't had an awful lot of time to do all of the thinking before I get here. Uh, you know, I hear that from time to time. And I want to release that person from that pressure that they put on themselves, that they have to have done all of the thinking so this bit now this coaching conversation it's just a re a rehearsal actually of what I've I've already got sorted out in my head Mm. um but of course that's so much safer isn't it Claire if I've got it all sorted out in my head before I come and sit in front of you um I can feel safe yeah no risk no risk, no. And I don't have to look as though I don't know what I'm talking about. No. And, of course, the purpose of coaching is that they do come and talk about what they don't know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's so upside down, isn't it? It is so upside down. It's really countercultural. There's a whole load of stuff, isn't there, about how important it is that I'm an expert in my stuff and that you don't see my chinks and that I'm... I. I might need some exploring. All of that, I don't know. It feels like we're we're entering into a different land. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Hmm. Well, we're entering entering into a land where there's an e- e- equality in the conversation in that two humans show up mm. and that you don't show up with your expert hat on. Mm. We don't show up with our expert hat on. So we know how to facilitate a conversation, but what they're talking about, we're not expert in at all. Yeah. So all the power is in a different place from where you normally expect it to be. Yeah. And and we're going to be vulnerable. You know, the thinker is going to be vulnerable because they need to do some thinking. Mm. And the coach is going to be vulnerable because they don't know how to do it. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a, you know, how do we sell that? <laughs> because what we're saying is um, there is so much vulnerability in this and that the power dynamic looks different to what you might have encountered in different conversations. So it will feel weird, at least to begin with. Um, and nobody's going to talk to anyone else about it. Yeah. Um. I'm thinking about that podcast that we did the other day that went out in um, in December with Dom, the police chaplain. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about a space to 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 be heard and to and to think things through where there wasn't any line management accountability, and it wasn't going to then come back and bite you because you'd said something to somebody who had authority over you. Mm. And what, therefore, a different kind of encounter this is. Yeah. Because the person that you're talking to in coaching doesn't have any line management authority. If if we're talking about pure coaching, they don't have any line management responsibility or authority over you. And they're not going to do anything with what you say to them apart from use it to facilitate the conversation with you. Yeah. And usually what we share in a conversation part of why we're sharing it is because it's going to be used somewhere else so it's going to be used as part of my performance appraisal or it's going to be used as part of my promotion or it's going to be used as part of my disciplinary or or it's going to be used to form the strategy for the organization or any of those things but suddenly the only purpose of putting the, the information in between us is that the thinker can process it Mm. which doesn't answer at all the question that we were started with which is how do you talk about this with other people it just is the (laughs) bigger space for the dilemma (laughs) so that's so I think that language that Dom used was really useful really do that kind of describes this space but if I'm thinking about you know anyone in their in their work or outside wherever they are on the streets wherever they are what would make them want to have that experience I'm just wondering about what is the the trigger that makes someone who hasn't experienced coaching before think oh I might give that a try because so far, some of our language has been a bit scary. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the beginning of a sentence. What would it be like if? <gasps> yeah. 
or what would it be like when? Yes. What would it be like if we're giving away all our ideas here? What would it be like? <laughs> what would it be like if you could take those ideas and thoughts that aren't really well formed at all, but are somewhere lurking inside you, and you could really be able to articulate articulate them in a way that's going to help you move forward? Mm. That'd be amazing. That would be. That's a bit. That's. Mm, I like that. What would it be like if? And I wonder if that's also really hard to imagine for some people. Yeah. 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 But I was thinking there's lots of what would it be like if... Mm. Um. You know, what would it be like if you could sit down and talk to somebody and they wouldn't interrupt and that you would feel completely heard mm. in a way that would help you understand stuff that was yours in a different way? Mm. I mean, all of this is really saying, let's stop describing coaching from our side. Yes, absolutely. And start with where they are. Yeah. Do you know, I also think, Claire, that sometimes the the I'm so I'm going to describe this in 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 my sort of language, you know, the kind of the the knots and the tangles that we kind of create for ourselves, um, the things that are difficult to think through and um, all the barriers that we have and that we put up with or create for ourselves. I do think that some people just assume that that's the way that life has to be. And so enable it, you know, so so they just get on with it. Does that make sense? They just sort of carry on. And, um, and, and the things that we dare not say. Yeah. We dare not say. Yes, and we just will not say them forever. <laughs> but what we know in coaching is that when they've been said, they get a lot smaller. Yeah, that's right. Well, you and I both know that, don't we? We, <laughs> we you know, do that a lot, naming the thing and go, oh, look, <laughs> it wasn't that huge, massive thing, but it is a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think that you and I, and the rest of the team need to sit down for an hour one day and start, what would it be like if? Because mm. I think we'd come up with some really interesting insights. Yes. And I think sitting in the seat of the thinker who doesn't yet know that they are a thinker um, but with the catalyst of good coaching, can recognise that in themselves. I mean, wow, what a what a gift, right? Mm. But but starting off in that seat of you know confusion, whatever it is, 
I've got a, a, a kind of metaphor of being stuck in treacle and so on going through my head, you know, that. Um, but starting there and working our way into looking at coaching from that perspective might really help us as coaches and our listeners, Claire, to be thinking about what it is that we do and the difference that coaching makes. It's funny, isn't it? Because you want to catch people in that before they arrive moment, which you only really ever get after they've gone. (laughs) When they say, when I arrived, I didn't think this was going to be very useful. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, that's right. That's the, po- that's the point at which we need to ask the question. <laughs> but of course, at that point, they can't answer it because there isn't enough trust in the process and there isn't enough trust in us to be able to say that out loud because they yeah. would think that what they were saying to us, I don't trust you. Yeah. And they don't know that what we're actually going to hear is, I don't trust this process. Yeah. Because what would it be like if you were in a dialogue with somebody who didn't make it all about them? Mm. and actually was only there in service of you doing some good work yeah and once again when that hasn't been experienced it's difficult to to see it or imagine it or yeah mm. can i just say that 30 years on 30 whatever years on, it is a more sophisticated question, which is a good thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And I think the thing we're up against now is that coaching has got so many definitions and looks like so many different things rather than people don't know what it is. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. It's definitely language, which is very much around and about. Yeah. It's just that 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 word... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> has has many many different meanings yeah and yeah, I think we're we're clear we're clear about what coaching is but that first job that I had which was information and counseling secretary I wasn't counseling and I wasn't a secretary yeah actually a job coach which is quite a common mm. job description in some organizations yeah, or in yeah. an organization is actually another name for an old job. Mm. Um, which is, I will I will make sure you get a job, not I will facilitate your thinking and processing and all those yeah. other bits and pieces. Yes. So there's something about how do you communicate with people that this is, that, that, This is about how far you're willing to go and it's about how far I'm willing to go with you and we can go somewhere really amazing if that's what we choose to do together. Mm. Yeah. It takes both of us to be able to do that. Yeah. So I think there is sometimes a pressure on coaches to be the miracle maker. Yeah. And, of course, some coaching conversations evoke really extraordinary outcomes. Mm. But the extraordinary outcomes come up from both of us. Yeah. Doing the work together. You know, we're not magicians, are we? We're not, we're not wizards. We're not. No, we don't have a magic wand. This is work. So if we go to the other side, 
what would it be like if? Because there's something about how do you communicate that actually the negative side is you're responsible for your own outcomes. Yeah, yeah. As and in I'm not going yeah. to be a wizard. And the positive, of course, is that you're responsible for your own outcomes. Mm. Um, and that's also tricky because, Claire, if I'm responsible for my own outcomes, why can't I just do this by myself? Which, you know, yeah. what do I need you for? <laughs> and some people can. Yeah, that's right. And, and some people can for certain things and not for other things. Which is why you and I are having a coaching conversation after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a piece of work that I need to do, do and I know that I can't do it without somebody helping me think. Mm. So do you think there's something in that then? That, that We talked a bit about vulnerability and power, but that kind of opening the door, you know, the, the thinker who's not yet a thinker, opening the door to allow someone else into their space. Um, whereas potentially they might be worried about letting anyone else in. May, is there something in how we describe this, which is a door opening process? Yeah, and it's is, is it not about a mutually opened door? Because you open it a bit, don't you? And then you open it a bit more, and then you open it a bit more. You know, you don't you don't throw the don't whole. No. And no. then find that out that you're on the edge of a cliff and the only yeah. way out of the door is to jump off. So so I wonder in the um what would it be like if kind of question what we're trying to do there is open the door enough. You know, <laughs> it's something about the kind of there's a crack there, there's a bit of light that is coming through. What would it be like if you could slowly open the door? to do some really good thinking mm. that would move you forward mm. with someone else yeah so that you don't have to do all the work because you do it together mm. you are doing because there's something isn't there where we say well you do all the work well they do do all the work but actually they don't do all the work because we we do the arriving at the thing together yeah yeah Yeah. And the work that we do is the enabling and facilitating thing and process holding that might mean that they are rescued huh, from their own continual um, going round in circles thinking. Can I throw in a tangent which mm. might give us some insight? And I think that is how do you, there's something about how do you talk about it with individuals, but there's also how do you talk about it with sponsors? What would it be like if? Yeah. I've had a few coaches in the last few weeks, in fact, in the last week or so, where the bottom line of what they've been describing has emerged as, what if we actually did such a good job in session one that they didn't need any more? Mm. 
And it shows up as all sorts of things. It often shows up as I thought the coaching was going really well. And then in session five, it all fell over. Mm. And I must have done something wrong. Yeah. And then I say, well, what if actually you did the work you were there to do? And then often they go back and said, actually, I think probably we did the work we needed to do in session two. Mm -hmm. So there's something about how do we how do we support sponsors of coaching to be willing and able to be flexible enough to really get a sense of what's useful and what isn't for them and for the organization and for the person who's coming to think. Yeah. Because for some people, you know, for a leader or the chief exec of an organization who feels really isolated, what would it be like if you had a really totally safe place to go and think about the things Mm -hmm. that you need to think about as you lead your organization is amazing. And that kind of contract, that kind of piece of work will go on over months, years, a long time. Whereas to someone else, it's what if, what would it be like if you had somewhere to go and unpick this particular dilemma? Yeah. Or what would it be like if you had somebody to travel with you in your first three months in your new role? Mm-hmm. Or what would it be like if you had somebody who would sit with you as you tried to work out what the next kind of role should be? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going with that. Well, I was hearing in that about the sponsor. Yeah. And um, I, I, there's something a bit complex in that, this, isn't there? Because as the sponsor who has a budget and um, probably some KPIs somewhere along the line, you know, um, that, that what what coaches bring might not be so clearly tied down as as to fit all of those sort of criteria so very often we know don't we in organizations that a a sponsor might say um coach for this person six sessions you know or sort of you know a a number a number which feels like the right sort of number Mm. um and and, because of course it's hard to quantify what this might look like so so a number is is one way of doing it but yes Claire you know someone who a coach who enables the person to do the thinking in two rather than six or alternatively that actually six isn't enough that there's some really deep stuff that needs longer that doesn't quite fit does it Mm. I think the other thing I'd say about the sponsor um once again, recently for me, um, a conversation around action learning sets, which of course is is many to one coaching, and the sponsor was talking about the things that the organisation needed people to know as a result of the action learning. Um, these were quite specific things, you know. They were really sort of, and and so you know need to ask the question about isn't this something that could be trained what's what's why why is an action learning set the thing because it's not the thing Mm. except that Claire action learning sets and coaching are both a bit sexy and and it feels quite nice to be able to offer these sexy things out to the organization so we've got to be really clear, haven't we, when we're working with sponsors, that that the outcome, what do you need to be different 
in six months, a year or however, what do you need to be different is something that is being aimed at. Um, and that the that thing is going to be best enabled by coaching or action mm. learning sets rather than some other way of doing work. And bouncing the question back to the organisation, which is what's your role in that? Because because some of that can be dealt with in coaching, but actually what's your responsibility and what's your role in that happening? Yeah. Whether yeah. that's an action learning set or one, one coaching or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So what do we know now that we didn't know when we started talking? I like the wondering level of that question, you know. What what would it be like if? I think that's a really nice sort of insight. And I like the idea of starting by sitting in the not yet thinkers. I was going to say sitting in their shoes. Well, that would be really uncomfortable. Sitting in their seat mm. um, and, and looking into what might it be um, rather than looking out from the coach's perspective with all with the the knowledge and wisdom of of what coaching is you know we do need to look from a different perspective don't we mm. Mm. and therefore we need to talk about it from a different perspective mm. yeah so I think good good stuff I wonder if the person who who sort of was sitting us in in with us in an imaginary way would have something else to go away and think about in terms of coaching now so if you've been sitting and listening to us in an imaginary way and you've got <laughs> something to add, ping us an email to info at 3dcoaching.com because we'd love to hear from you. And actually, you might want to join us on a future episode of The Coaching In um, and talk more. And if, you know, a few people might want to do that and that would be absolutely fantastic. You're really, really, truly welcome to come and join us. Um, well, Sue, it's always a pleasure to have time with you. Absolutely. It always is, Claire. Thank and you. Now we need to say goodbye to our listeners and go off and have a coaching session. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> goodbye, listeners. <laughs> goodbye, listeners. Thank you for listening. Have a good week. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching In, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.